10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits. Culver is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Today's episode is celebrating yet another championship for the Sunbelt Conference outdoor <sighs> track and field teams. Boring. Well, track and field teams, period. You know, it never gets old. As much as we try to pretend it, it might be boring. <laughs> the uh, track and field teams were at Myrtle Beach this past weekend. The men and women sweeping the outdoors for the second time in school history. A fantastic feat the women winning their fourth consecutive outdoor title the men winning the triple crown for the first time ever they won cross country the indoors and outdoor titles here to talk about it a very big part of this past weekend for the red wolves grad student from germany it's paulina meyer how are you paulina i'm doing good how are you i'm doing great so i asked you when you came in about the celebration on Saturday. How do you celebrate a conference championship? Well, we go out and we eat a lot of food. (laughs) If you're at Myrtle Beach, there's some very good places to eat. So what did you eat? What was your celebratory meal the other night? I just had fries and a big burger. All my teammates had seafood, everything that they couldn't eat the last couple of days. Pizza, ice cream, all of it. Yeah, I imagine you're not able to eat a lot of that stuff as as you're training for a big meet. Well, we are, but just in moderation. Um, probably not before the races, so we have to be a little, a little careful with that. But I remember, you know, Miles Thomas was in here a couple of months ago after you guys won the indoors, and he was talking about, you know, one of the best parts about the Sun Belt meet was the fact that, you know, you guys are all together as a team, both the men and the women. And, and really, as you go throughout the course of the season, that's not necessarily the case. You guys are spread out at different meets. Every weekend, there may be two or three different meets that you're at, but the team is all together at this event. So how does being at the Sunbelt meet with everybody all together at once, how, how does that compare to the rest of the season? Yeah, it's definitely a lot different. The conference meet is always the biggest meet of the of the year and everybody's super excited for it. During the season, most of us go with our event groups to different meets. So it's super exciting to have everyone cheering for you, have everyone around you and everybody's just excited and we keep checking on the points, keep checking on our teammates throughout the entire meet and it's just the best atmosphere and um, we are supposed to win so all of us were super excited throughout the entire week, throughout the three days. So that was cool. This starts with, at some point, and I guess you can tell us whether that's in Jonesboro, whether it's a hotel, right? Coach Patchell sits everybody down and says, all right, here's kind of what you're responsible for. Here's what I'm expecting from He lays out how many points you're supposed to get. Did he tell you you're supposed to get 30? He did not, but he did tell us specifically how many points we need to score in each event. And we went back and forth. And we're trying to figure out how many events I should run. And I told them I was just going to do all of them. But, yeah, we had a little disagreement, but I ended up doing all three of them. So that was... What do you mean a disagreement? Here's your chance to tell your side of the story. 
Well, I wanted to do all three of them, which is the 1500, the steeplechase, and the 5K. Okay. And then, well, it wasn't as much as a disagreement. It was just we wanted to be careful for regionals because I had my Achilles flaring up a little bit. So we only wanted to focus on the 1500 and steeple and not on the 5K. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, put me in the 5K and then we, we're just going to see what happens in the 5K. So that's what we did. Well, what happened was you won all three of them. And you win triple gold, scoring 30 points in the meet. And going back to the indoors this year, you have five golds now. You won the mile and the 5,000, the 5K at the indoors. I'm sure you have high expectations for yourself, but in your wildest dreams, did you think you'd win all five when you go back at the beginning of the year before the indoors? Well, you always have to have big dreams. And um, I like to focus on each meet individually. So for inner conference, I wanted to win the 5K and I wanted to win the mile. And then I knew it was going to be difficult to come back for the 3K. And sadly, it didn't work out for the 3K. So I was a little upset about the 3K and I didn't want it to happen again for outdoor. So that was my motivation going into the outdoor conference meet to win all three of them. Paulina was the high point scorer at the Sunbelt meet. Maybe you've looked at this, maybe you haven't. Did you know you beat four teams? Oh, (laughs) no, I didn't. You would have finished 10th by yourself. Well, it is about the team and not about my individual performance. So me contributing to my team is bigger than my individual win. That is really politically correct for you to say. (laughs) But I'm sure that that sounds pretty cool to know that you beat four teams in the meet. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you admit that, Paulina, because I think anybody would be pretty thrilled with that. You're the school record holder in the steeplechase, the distance medley relay, the cross-country 5K. You had school records in the indoor mile, the 1,500 and the 5,000. This little freshman's come along, and Rahel Bromel. Mm-hmm has uh, come in and broken some of those records. So how do you feel about her coming in here? Has she pushed you to become better? Oh, yeah. She definitely pushed me to be a better runner. I love Rachel. She's she's so funny. She's one of the sweetest persons I've ever met in my life. She's definitely a great contribution to our team. And just like her attitude, um, her positive attitude and practice every single day, it's just amazing and i love being her teammate and working out with her it's it's just so much fun and i feel like we're pushing each other to be better every single day and i've been rooming with her throughout the entire season and it was super sweet because after the conference meet we were talking a little bit and she was a little upset because the season was over and we didn't get to like train together anymore. So I will miss her a lot and I will miss her as a teammate and as a friend. And I'm super excited for her for the future. A lot of talent, a lot of grit and determination and she's going to do great things here at A-State. So I'm super excited to see that. You talked about you know the conference meet from a, diff- a couple of different standpoints. We've talked about how... You know, it's the one time where you guys really do get to go compete as a team and you get to go cheer for each other and all this and that. But the other thing you said is we were supposed to win. What's that like to now show up at a conference meet and know, I mean, 
look, I don't care what the rest of them say. It's everybody against Arkansas State when that thing comes around. So what's it like being on the Arkansas State side of that? I always feel like that pressure is a privilege. And Coach Bacho always says that we shouldn't take take it for granted. And it's definitely more difficult to be the team to beat. But it's super exciting because you're just coming in and you're confident and you're confident in your teammates. So that's just super cool. All right. We mentioned, and I want to get into your story a little bit. You're from Germany. Tell me about your hometown. Where in Germany is it? Uh, is, it a, is it a small town, a big city? It's Where'd a, you come from? Yeah, it's a very, very small town. I don't even know. Pronounce it because I saw it, saw the name, and there's no way I'm going to attempt not only, this. He, he didn't even, he wouldn't even type it. I'm looking at the notes. He's still on no, German. Uh, here's the reason because Luke Naglich was in here last <laughs> week, and I tried to pronounce his hometown, and I just gave up about halfway through. Even so, after he, you know, Luca had said it for us before we started recording, he did. He did. So all right, it's called Gronau. How many people live there? I don't even know. I think less than ten thousand. It's a very very small town, but I live in the in the west, and I live like an hour away from three or four major cities. So, okay. so tell us about your family. Were they athletes? Are your parents athletes? Yeah, my parents are definitely athletic, but never pursued running or sports professionally. My sister is actually running for on the brand on she's running for the europe team right now she also went to the united states i think two years ago but it wasn't for her so she went back home and hmm. turned professional wow Didn't she she came yeah. over was going to run at a college oh yeah she she went to clemson university how's that happen <laughs> what do you mean you know what i mean well she went to clemson and then she got homesick and then she left to go back home would that have happened had she been at Arkansas State? I don't know. She would have been with her Was sister. Was that ever a thing? Was there ever any conversation? Well, she told me from the beginning that she didn't want to go to the same school that I went to, which I totally understand. Um, but maybe it would have been different. I don't know. Too much pressure. But pressure is a privilege. You said so yourself. You yeah. should have told her. Yeah, maybe it would have changed. But she's happy now, and she's very successful. So I think she chose the right way. Turned out. Yep. So how did you get into running? When did that start? I first started running when I was like three years old with my siblings. I also have an older sister and an older brother. They were running too, just for fun and like a little club sport. And then I actually quit <laughs> and started playing soccer for like I eight years. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that's the most popular sport over there, right? Yeah. It definitely is. A lot more money, a lot of lot more support for soccer. But eventually I came back to track and field when I was 11 years old. And I had a super, super fun coach. And he took me to all the meets. And it was a fun time training with him. It wasn't even close to be as professional as it is here at A-State. It was mostly just for fun. And back home, we don't really we don't really have the high schools involved in sports, so you just do it in your free time after school. So, if the high schools aren't involved, how did you compete? How did you kind of get on Arkansas State's radar? Well, you just compete after you're done with school, and you just have to have to figure it out and manage your time well. I guess I was lucky enough to run some fast times and be recruited by a state and yeah i came here in 2017 that was six years ago 
Does that seem like a long time ago, or does it seem like just yesterday that happened? I don't know. I feel like both, kind of. Like, it felt like a long time, but it also went by real fast. So, obviously, right in the middle of that is a pandemic. How did that go for you? Did you get home in time or no? I did not. I stayed in Jonesville for 2020, the entire year. Um, it was definitely a difficult time. I stayed on campus. Everybody else left. All my team le- teammates left, except for a couple of them. A lot of international students were on campus for, for the summer. And we kept up the training as good as we were able to. And, yeah, we came back stronger from it. And I always think it's a matter of perspective. And I saw it as an opportunity to come back and to get faster, to get better, and so that's what I did. So you tried to make the most of it, but uh, I'm sure it was challenging, too, not being able to go back home. So between 2017 and now, how many times have you been able to go back home to Germany? Oh, I've been home a lot of times. I just, mostly I go home for Christmas and for the summer to work or to do internships over the summer. I've been home for three days before for like a wedding or for like a birthday, if it works out. Kind of going back, getting to Arkansas State, what was it Coach Patchell that initially contacted you? How did they first reach out to you? Back in 2017, I worked with an organization Mm -hmm. and they promoted my profile online and then college coaches started contacting me. And at that time, we still had the old distance coach, Coach Chandler, and he actually came to see one of my races in Germany. So I talked to him in person. Um, He met my family, and it was just nice to see the person in real life and to actually see that it's not, like, fake or, like, (laughs) like it's really, like, happening. I'm sure that made it a lot more real. Yeah. And then I went on, on a visit in, I think it was 2016, came here for a couple of days and decided to come here. We talk about your accomplishments. You've done some amazing things individually while you've been here. But you know, one thing, and Caleb Garner brought this up earlier today, You know, just how much in the time that you've been here, the distance program here at A-State has been able to evolve. Kind of talk about what you've seen from 2017 until now, the way you and the rest of the distance runners have, have been able to have the kind of success that you've had. Yeah, back in the day, I started with the 800 and 1500, and now I'm running the Steve O'Chessing 5K, so a lot longer. I think sophomore year, my old coach got fired, and Jesse took over the program, mm-hmm. and that was a big change for, for all of us, and it's just amazing because we had the same team, the same people running, and one year we got, I think, I don't even remember, fourth in the conference for cross country. And the next year, the girls won the conference with the same girls. So you can definitely see like a connection between the training and Jesse taking over the program, the distance program. I just have to say, but he's a pretty good coach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good thing to say about your coach. You mentioned the steeplechase. And we had a great visit several months ago with with Bennett Pascoe, who had a, a lot of success in the steeplechase. And one thing I remember Brad asking him was, you know, just to kind of explain what the steeplechase is 
to people who who don't know. And there's a lot of people who don't understand the steeplechase. So a couple of things here. What did you think when you first learned about the steeplechase? Is it something you wanted to do? And for those who don't know what it is, how would you explain the race? Yeah, I think it's it's quite fun. Um, you just run around the track and you have some barriers in the way. And then there's the water jump and um, you get to run a 3K. So that's pretty amazing because that's my favorite distance. And then you just have to figure out the the hurdling part, which is kind of insane but the thing that baffles me about it and i know i mean we'd ask bennett the same thing is that in the 21st century you would think about how important your guys feet are to all of this and to still do an event where you got to run through water in running shoes and then keep going it, it just like it always amazes me how every steeplechase doesn't just fall over with blisters all the time how's that not happen oh i do have a lot of blisters <laughs> I have a lot of blisters. No. And it's because of the steeplechase? I don't know. I, probably, yes. No, the steeplechase is just fun. Like, sometimes running can be a little, I don't know how you say it, monotone, like a little boring, mm-hmm. especially if you go into the longer distances. But the steeplechase, you you always have to be on point because if you hit the hurdle, you're just going to, the hurdle's not going to move. So <laughs> <laughs> you just have to make it over. So it's interesting, you talk about sometimes running can be boring. I'm thrilled to hear you say that. And you've talked a couple times about, you know, even though you've set all these records in the 5K, that the 3,000 is your favorite distance. So are you not one of these distance runners who's going to move to the next phase of life and you don't want to go run a marathon someday? Maybe someday, yeah. For right now, probably not. I like running longer distances. I like to do my long runs, but competing in longer distances is just a different different level of mental strength. Um shout out to all my 10k runners. <laughs> uh, so what's a long run? What what's something got to get to before you call it a long run? Everything above 12 miles, 12 mm, to 15 yeah, miles. Me too. That's where you're at, Bobo? Yeah, we call it a long right. run, yeah. I'm I'm with her. <laughs> all right. So Next step, you're getting ready for regionals coming up in Sacramento. And I'm guessing getting ready to compete in the steeplechase there. Is that right? Yes, I'm competing in the steeple. As you look even past that, obviously, do want to go on beyond regionals. But you've already done a lot in your time here at Arkansas State. You've been here since 2017. Are you working on a master's? Do you already have your master's? Yeah, I just graduated with my master's. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. In what? Well, I did my bachelor's in psychology and my master's in psychological science. Eesh. But you said you're already working. Yes, I just started my work. Oh, that's right. As we speak, it was the first day, right? Yeah, it was my first day of work today. And you're doing what? Explain. I'm working as a athlete manager, so helping student athletes to come to the United States and find their colleges and prepare them for their college experience, getting everything ready with their visas and with their test scores and everything. Wow. Yep. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Do you want to keep competing in track in the meantime, or are you done after this? No, I still want to compete. So we still have regionals coming up and hopefully nationals, and then I'm going to go home and compete at nationals home as well. Try to make an Olympic team, right? Trying, yes, that's the, that's the ultimate end goal. <laughs> Is that something you guys talk about? Because you do have 
several international athletes on the track and field team, and we asked Cameron Newton-Smith about that and trying to compete for Team Australia at some point. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a goal of yours to compete with Team Germany. Yeah. I feel like that's everybody's dream to go to the Olympics and to rep- represent your country. But it is very difficult to get there. But if you keep working and keep staying healthy, then maybe one day it's going to become reality. So I always, with anybody international, did the same thing with Luca last week. We always have to talk food at some point. So I'm going to ask it both ways. All right, well, I'll, go th- I'll flip it around first. When you go home, tell me the one thing you have to eat while you're home because you can't get it here. Usually... I go to the bakery first and just get some nice loaf of bread. I don't know. We don't really have we good got, bread here. We have Southern Confection, which is uh-huh. like... Yeah, give them a shout out. Yeah, I really like them. <laughs> I go there a lot. And then we have we have Aldi's here, yes. which is pretty nice. And then I'm going to flip it around. What is something that you discovered food-wise when you got here that you never had before? I don't really know. We have most. We have the same food. Because Luca's answer was biscuits and gravy, right? Oh yeah. A, I'm, yeah, he's a big biscuits and gravy. That's guy. interesting. I'm not the biggest fan of biscuits and gravy. <laughs> um, I do drink a lot of coffee here, iced coffee. We are not really big on iced coffee back home for some reason. Bread and iced coffee, and yep. you're happy. Yep, that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paulina, we couldn't be. More thrilled for you and and everything you've accomplished during your time here at Arkansas State, including the triple gold this past weekend at Myrtle Beach and obviously the individual accomplishments, but the team accomplishments as well. If you had to sum it all up, just your time here at Arkansas State, what would you say? I would just say it was an incredible time and I will forever be grateful for the opportunity that ASAC gave me and to all my coaches and to my teammates, and they're always going to be in my heart. That's Paulina Meyer from the A-State track and field team, the Sunbelt champion A-State track and field team. We've got more to come here on the Second to None podcast, presented by Simmons Bank, right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Well, we talked with Paulina about all the accomplishments she had and the overall accomplishments for the outdoor track and field teams but some other individuals that we want to mention here and our friend Cameron Newton-Smith was so happy for her winning the heptathlon at Myrtle Beach in the process she set meet sunbelt and facility records with 5,818 points that's the fifth most points in the heptathlon this year and you remember just when she was in here on the podcast, her story and just how much she's given to this sport. And for her as a senior to do what she's doing is pretty amazing. Well, remember, she was, you know, emotional then yeah. about kind of her history at the national meet. And it's gotten worse since then. <laughs> she qualified for another one and couldn't finish due to injury. So, I mean, she's even had 
she's in more bless her heart range than she was even when we visited with her. So it makes you even happier to see that she just uh, gets back off the mat and keeps winning championships. Meanwhile, Colby Adows wins the decathlon with 7,349 points. Those are meet and facility records. Imar Palmasimo wins gold in the hammer throw. Bradley Jelmert wins the men's pole vault with the fourth best mark in school history. Hannes Fall wins the men's 1500. Will Glass, the 110-meter hurdles. Another friend of the podcast, former guest, Miles Thomas, the freshman winning gold in the men's 100 meters. Climbing up those school record books, which he pays close attention to as uh, he's now fourth in school history in the 100. Look out, Jalen Bacon. And uh, lots of funk, your man, <laughs> yes. finishes first in the men's 800. <laughs> we actually went 1-2 in the 800. Lots of funk, one, Hannes Fall, finishing with the silver. I want to let you guys in on a secret, and this is it's going to be a huge controversy, and I'm, I'm opening this to NCAA trouble and everything else. I actually compete as lots of funk. <laughs> That's my alter ego in track so is that right yes lots of fun that's me so don't tell them i'm out of eligibility i think you know if i needed an alias at a hotel i would probably check in as <laughs> lots of funk baseball team this past week well the week started off very fun a midweek victory over little rock game really wasn't Going that well through six innings, we were down eight to four at that point, but Red Wolves score one in the seventh, three in the eighth to tie it up, and then with one out in the bottom of the ninth, Braden Kasky comes to the plate. One out, bases clears. We play in the bottom of the ninth. We're tied at eight. A State and Little Rock. Kasky hits this one deep to left field. This has a chance. This ball is gone. It's a walk-off home run for Braden Kasky. The first walk-off home run for the Red Wolves since February of 2019 when Alex Howard did it. And uh, just a neat moment to see a a walk-off. It it is, and it was awesome. Now, for me, especially kind of going to my former life, you know, hosting that sports talk show. The coolest moment for me was the whole Jonesboro High School scene there when Jake Henry Williams came in out of the bullpen for Arkansas State, a Jonesboro alum, and he pitched to Ty Rhodes from Little Rock, who's a Jonesboro alum, and Ty Rhodes flew out to Cross Jumper, who's a Jonesboro alum, all three former high school teammates. And I, I thought, man, that's pretty oh, That's pretty special. I, I thought the same thing, and uh, I'm sure you guys started talking about it on, on your broadcast as well down the way, but I thought that was just the coolest thing in the so world. Here's what happened on our TV broadcast. You know, Jake Henry's coming in, so we take the commercial break for him to warm up. And I look down on the live stats and see, I ain't even paid any attention. I look down on the live stats and see, you know, Ty Rhodes is going to be at bat. So I tell Andy Shatley, I said, look at here, they're bringing him in to face Rhodes. And he's like, oh, man, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And so we come back out of the break, and we're talking, obviously, talking about these high school teammates facing one another. And how cool is that? And at one point, I mean, we're on the air, and I go, boy, what if he flew out to cross jumper? Oh, you predicted the fly ball out. I said, what if he flew out to cross jumper? And Andy Shatley says, well, if he flies out to cross jumper, I'm leaving the press box. <laughs> and Andy Shatley's a big liar. He is a big liar, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he because is. Because I saw him over there at the end of the broadcast. Wow. 
that's uh that's a pretty neat moment and uh, i think all of us kind of recognize that at the time the Red Wolves able to get the win over Little Rock, though, in the one and only meeting of the season. Went into Appalachian State for three games this past weekend and very memorable night on Friday, a game that started two hours late due to rain. It started at 8.02 Eastern time. And then the Red Wolves are down 4 nothing after five, but started to get a little bit of momentum in the sixth inning. They make it 4-2. to two. The bases are loaded and one out, and then a downpour comes. It was already raining kind of steady. It just picked up to where they couldn't resume play any longer. So an hour and 37-minute rain delay. And finally, we resume play later in the top of the sixth, and that game didn't end until after 12.30 local time. It went Friday so long night. that the Sun Belt actually put the score down as the Friday and Saturday games <laughs> on Saturday morning. I hopped on Saturday morning looking at the standings and stuff. It had that down as the score for both days. So I love the way the Red Wolves responded after the rain delay. They ended up clearing the bases. Will French had a bases-clearing triple, went up 5-4, to four. Added another run the next inning, but App State scores three in the bottom of the seventh. They end up winning at seven to six. Then another heartbreaker the next day on Saturday. Red Wolves led the entire way up until two outs in the bottom of the eighth. They hit a three-run home run to go ahead for good, 11-10. to 10. And then on Sunday, App State able to complete the sweep. They ended up scoring eight in the bottom of the seventh, and they win it 16-4 to four by virtue of the run rule. Red Wolves officially eliminated from postseason contention. I do want to say, though, that you go back and during and after the rain delay, I don't ever remember such noise coming from an A-State dugout. They were so into the game. There was a roar from the players as soon as Coach Raffo went over and told them, hey, we're going to keep playing at 11 o'clock at night. They were so ready to go back on the field. There was nothing like that from the Appalachian State dugout. But you could tell our guys wanted to be there, and it just made your heart break that much more that they weren't able to get the win. I heard you say that, and you and I talked even after the weekend. You told me the same thing. It's I don't know why those guys haven't packed it up, but they haven't. And they just uh, man, they keep scratching and clawing. And I know Sunday got away from them okay, but. Besides that, I mean, it gave themselves a chance to go win a series again. And we just hate it that um, they don't get rewarded more often than they do. One other note from A-State Athletics this week, the bowling team officially announced their move to Conference USA. I know when Coach Kostick was in here a few weeks ago, he talked about this upcoming move, but uh, moving from the Southland to Conference USA. And I guess one of these years, the Sun Belt might add bowling oh sure no let's do beach volleyball instead well that's becoming a thing now i don't they jumped up and sponsored that real quick we're going to take another time out be back to wrap things up here on the second to none podcast presented by simmons bank right after this the simmons bank card alerts app lets you get more from your simmons debit and credit cards set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert you can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. If your debit card is lost or stolen, or you're opening a new account, you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby Simmons branch. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. 
Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Big week for our man Luca Naglich. He is currently, as we record this, competing at the NCAA Regionals at Auburn. He was our podcast guest last week. Really enjoyed that, and you know, we talked about it then. But Luca, just the sixth player in school history to be playing as an individual at the NCAA Regionals. And of course, the team right after Luca is done at Regionals. Did we ever find out if he can play I never in the did other hear. tournament? What and the ruling was there? The rest of the team, at least, is going out to the tournament in Arizona to compete in that. And that's a good deal. There's a, uh, you know, Golf Week is putting on essentially what amounts to the golf NIT. But they've got a guy that kind of sort of covers college golf for Golf Week and it does a really, really good job. Has gotten real kind of really involved in the sport. And I feel like he's kind of the, the driving force in getting this event off the ground. Lance Ringler. Matter of fact, I, I've, I had him, uh, we were having Lance on my show. A time or two back in the day so yeah. i think he's right in the middle of uh this event uh, that's the inaugural go-around that the red wolves are competing in meanwhile a state baseball wrapping up the season coming up thursday friday and saturday south alabama in town thursday at six friday at six saturday at one the start time and we're going to have the first howl on wheels stop mm-hmm. saturday that will be at the Barton's deck out in Wright Field. And we'll have Chancellor Dr. Todd Shields. He'll be there. Athletic Director Jeff Purinton, Coach Jones, Destiny Rogers, other members of the A-State staff will be out there on the Barton's deck as well. And this is the first of a handful of places that athletic staff, administration will be over the next couple of weeks. Next week goes to Bryant and Little Rock on back-to-back days. Uh, then there's a stop out in Northwest Arkansas, and then uh, wraps up over at the Bass Pro in Memphis. Should be a fun couple of weeks getting to see A-State fans from all around the state and over in Memphis as well. I'll let you kind of get into your final thing here in just a minute, but I had one of my crazier trips. I hadn't really told you a lot about the details, but Friday morning I flew out to Appalachian State, and this is one of the longer days that I've I can remember having just being on the road. And I flew out, and the flight was two and a half hours late. That was no big deal. Still had plenty of time to get to Charlotte, drive to Boone, and be there in time for the game. End up getting to Charlotte Friday, and I'd never. Have you ever had to wait on a rental car once you got there? No, but I, mean, I know it's a thing, right? It happens. There's a whole Seinfeld bit about it. So two and a half hour wait until my car is ready. I was actually kind of glad that the game was delayed an hour due to rain. And I said, well, that's okay. I got plenty of time now to, to get to Boone and uh, be ready for the game. It ends up they added another hour to it. Didn't start until 8 o'clock local time. We talked about it earlier, the hour and a half rain delay. Got out of there at a little after 1230 saturday morning it was one of the the longest days i i can remember having flying back on sunday ran into a couple of familiar faces actually ran into keith kessinger former a-state baseball coach at the airport he had watched his son chase compete he's pitching in his final year at memphis he was at east carolina got to visit with him for a little while and then as i'm 
waiting on my bag at baggage claim. I think I just got off the phone with you. I run into Tyra Neighbors' mom, one of our track and field athletes who had gone over to Myrtle Beach. She was coming back as well. So pretty neat. You've got that Red Wolf shirt on, and when other Red Wolves come over and see you and want to visit with you, that's always neat. So I got to visit with them. Well, it does speak a little to kind of the branding and the power of that brand. I mean, you and I, and it's something, I don't even know if you remember this, but one really off the wall example is that, you know, we're walking down the street in New Orleans at Sunbelt Football Media Days last year. And there's a guy, you know, in the corner singing songs, trying to get you to tip him. And just based on us walking by and him seeing our shirts, he works something about the Red Wolves into the song he's singing. <laughs> Obviously, you know, licensing is part of my gig now. And I've always been interested because it was my in my job even when I left there the first time. So I can't remember. Did you go back and tip him after that? Oh, yeah. Just gave him all the money. But, it, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, this is actually you know, year 15, 15-year anniversary of the change. How and, about that? And I know people, listen, nobody likes being told what to do. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes being told, hey, you got to change something you've had for 70 years. But from a marketing standpoint, it was um, such a good move. And, and the, the brand has been able to build, which coincides with having a really good you know decade of football right amongst those 15 years, certainly helps. But sure, you can go just about anywhere you want to go in the country, and somebody's going to recognize that logo when you've got it on. Anything else we need to talk about here? I will tell you this. I mean, and I'm not going to name companies because I don't like putting people on blast. But it was an interesting week in the package delivery world for me. Okay. Because uh, I was ahead of it. I had my wife a Mother's Day gift bought, paid for, and set to be delivered. It was scheduled to arrive last Wednesday. Okay. You were ahead of the game. I was. Now, she's never going to believe this now. Because, I hey, and I even get my notification last Wednesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, your package has been delivered. And then you go a little further, it's been delivered at your mailbox. Well, I've got... a recently graduated senior who does nothing but stay at home now so i called him and said hey i got this package go get it don't see it well he said that the mailbox not there well now it i mean so after kind of i gave it another well maybe if, if it made it to the wrong mailbox in the neighborhood somebody will see it and bring it to my house yeah never showed up so now i get a an honest to goodness email to pass along to the company which I made this purchase, saying they va- that vouches for it has been misdelivered. 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 Meanwhile, <laughs> on Friday, a box mysteriously shows up on my front step that's open, literally open at the top. It's bags of, I can't remember the word, but bags of charcoal that's used to make soap. <laughs> and this address, I had to go. It's a county road uh-huh. that is an 11 mile drive from my house. Oh, my goodness. And it ended up at my house. Somehow. Was it the same company that. Nah. That both I, of these. I, I don't know. Okay. I doubt it. So I didn't get. My wife didn't get a Mother's Day gift, but she's got a bunch of bags of charcoal in case she wants to hop into the soap making business. <laughs> All right. It's been a fun episode here. We appreciate Paulina Meyer coming in. That was uh, really fun to get to know and visit with her. Appreciate Caleb Garner for setting that up. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.